Welcome to The Drive with Adrian and Melissa, a podcast created to... One more time, I didn't click record. (laughs) Sorry. This is our fifth time, but that's all right because you will be welcomed sooner or later and take six or seven or eight or nine. Can we do one more? Thank you. Okay, I'm ready. Welcome to The Drive with Adrian and Melissa, a podcast created to encourage and empower people in motion, specifically educators and parents as they travel around the world. On The Drive, we navigate challenging questions in work, life, and all the in-between. We definitely don't have all the answers, but we're excited to explore and share the answers we discover during the ride. Come join us on The Drive. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Hey drivers, Adrian here. Millennial, worldwide educator, and self-proclaimed bringer of smiles. It has been an absolute gift to be an international educator. Because this has been such a treat for me, I wanted to share it with the world, you, the drivers. Today, we will navigate through the stories, testimonies, and voices of individuals who decided to take the leap, leave home, and educate abroad. I hope in hearing our voices, you will relate or learn that you can do this as well. That's why today I'm pulling up in the magic school bus. That's right, Miss Frizzle and all. Because I am traveling the world with these educators who are hopping on board learning, quickly moving, going from country to country. And you can only do that in the magic school bus. Melissa is on her own adventure, so she won't be joining us for today's episode. So it's just me, you, and the guests. But I'm sure she's listening in, and I can't wait to catch up with her again. There are many reasons why you might contemplate leaving home for a new adventure. Mine started by hearing the story of someone who had done it and was back home in the U.S. Let's listen in to what really got me to pack up my bags, leave home, and go abroad. I'm Shannon Claft, a global leadership coach and life coach, and I offer self-development courses and programs for people who want to live more intentional lives. And I started my business after quite a few years of traveling and observing cultures and spending time in 35 different countries. And I observed so many really cool ways of doing things and it opened my mind and made me realize there is no one right way to live. And I feel like when I was living in the US, I always felt like there was this path that I needed to take you know, go to school, get an education, get an undergrad, maybe get a master's, meet someone, get married, you know, like there was just this, this recipe for success. And if you don't follow it, it's almost like, huh, I don't know about that. Is this person going to make it? And I realized that that way of thinking is just so harmful. And there's such a benefit in really being able to take a step back and ask yourself, like, what do I want my life to look like? So let's go back to where it all began. In 2010, I decided 
after four years of teaching in Chicago that I was ready for something new. And I had always really wanted to live abroad for an extended period of time. So I thought, you know what? In a few months, I'm going to leave the country and I am going to go to Guatemala. I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna volunteer, and I'm gonna spend like a few months there. I don't know how long, probably not a whole year, but um, I'll see what happens. I ended up staying for two and a half years. I ended up finding work in Guatemala and a husband in Guatemala and friends, and it ended up being a huge part of my life, um, and I never expected that. That's the story that brought me abroad. Someone who picked up her bags, just wanted to see it, and fell in love. Now I want you to hear a few different other stories about people who decided that they were going to take the plunge and live abroad. So good, good afternoon, good morning, good day, everyone. My name is Renee Foster, and I am now entering my 14th, almost 15th year of teaching overseas. This year, I'm going to be the inclusion coordinator and literacy specialist at a school in Taiwan. I'm also um, the affiliate director of Destination Imagination Panama, and I'm looking forward into bringing the program Destination Imagination to Taiwan as well. It's a creativity program where students come together to solve open-ended challenges. Um, they develop long-lasting friendships, they work on instant challenges, and they have an opportunity to present their solutions before a group of appraisers and even on the global level. One of my, my college roommates, one of my sorority sisters, sent me something in the mail. She was living in Florida and she sent me this flyer and it was just a flyer. That's all she sent in the mail was a flyer that said Fulbright, Fulbright Teacher Exchange. And I was like, hmm, what is up? And it had just expired, so I had just missed the cutoff. And I, a year had passed and I decided, I pulled back out the flyer that she sent me and I decided to apply to, for the Fulbright Teacher Exchange Program. So when I got the flyer and I looked at the different options, Columbia was another option. And I was like, oh, what it would it be like to go back to Columbia again? But then I was like, no, let me select some other countries. I chose three countries. However, what country bid it on me? Columbia began to see the extent of bilingual schools in Colombia, I felt that my experience was not as authentic as I would like. I breached my agreement. I did finish the year in Colombia. We came back to the States, but in that time I began applying and I had interviews with other schools that were on the list of Office of Overseas Schools in Colombia. And I was given a contract at the school in Cartagena. So that school was, you can consider my first um, overseas school experience and from there I began to meet other people who have traveled and I was like wait there's more <laughs> it, was, it just opened up my my perspective to the world of international teaching okay um, I'm Jeff Udigo this would be going on my sixth year in Beijing um, I work at International School of Beijing as a social studies teacher. Starting this year, I'm also the head of department, so, and a supervisor for MUN. August 2015, I moved to China, and I've been there ever since. So, I mean, 
I, I guess, lived abroad. America was my abroad for a while, and now China's my abroad. So I've had that experience in two different realms. Um, here in the U.S., you know, I went to middle school, well, most of middle school, high school, college. I was a teacher by trade, but I was like, you know what? Let me try something different. I mean, if all else felt like I can always come back here. One of those, like, I know what... Like, if all else fails, I know what I'm going to deal with. Let me go try something where it's a bit of a toss-up. And if it doesn't work, I can always come back. So I decided to go abroad. And, I mean, I've looked back ever since. So I'm Serenity Smith. I'm originally from New York City. I am coming from Atlanta, Georgia, where I am now currently living in the Netherlands, Den Haag to be exact. So I am teaching at an American international school here. This is my first international career job. Um, prior to teaching overseas, I've had experience studying abroad um, and I taught in New York City and I also taught in Atlanta, Georgia in Title I schools. I'm a special educator and I'm truly excited for this opportunity to be abroad. Um, it's been about two months. I moved in the middle of a pandemic. So I did not let the pandemic stop me from my dreams, desires and aspirations. And I remember giving up my, my lease, um, like I had to give in a notification to my um, complex to let them know, am I returning or not? And I'm like, no, my administrations were like, are you returning? Because you had me do this letter of recommendation for you. And it was a matter of like, what is happening? It's a pandemic. I done told everybody I'm leaving. I don't have an apartment to go to. It's going on May, June, what's going on? And I went on search associates. I was, you know, instead of being really picky about the country I wanted to go to, because initially I wanted to be in the Middle East, um, I was just like, God, show me all that is available right now. I saw opportunity in Amsterdam and I went for it and I got the position. And so I'm currently here. Um, other than me being an educator, I am an avid traveler. I do have a business called Seek and Serenity Abroad. It is aimed at helping first-time educators who do not know how to go abroad um, to teach and, and make the life that they choose and desire. I'm actually releasing a course in the next month that is titled How to Move Abroad as an Educator in 90 Days. Um, and I'm just excited for this international journey and experience, for sure. Wow. These stories are absolutely amazing. Now you can't just say, let's go to Kenya to teach and land tomorrow. You need to prepare your resume, apply to positions and get your paperwork complete. Look in the show notes for a Google doc with tons of resources to start applying now. There isn't one way to get abroad. So scan through all the resources and hold on tight cause you're in for a ride. Now you have that job, what do you need to do to prepare financially? My name is Adelia Aborashade. I'm known around the internet as Picky Girl Travels. I have a blog, Picky Girl Travels the World, and I have a podcast, Picky Girl Travels. Um, I moved abroad four years ago to Honduras to teach. I have lived in four different countries, uh, traveled all over the place. I am 
currently living in my favorite city in the world, Mexico City, where I record my podcast, which is for Black women who want more out of life, who want to live life on their terms. I, I retired from teaching in the spring and I'm actually a financial counselor now because all of those issues you mentioned were ones that uh, were really, really important to me. And I saw in particular that people who were going to teach abroad weren't necessarily well prepared for that, especially, you know, because even in the States, educators, or at least in the state I lived in, educators got screwed over when it came to uh, retirement vehicles and that sort of thing. Um, as you're preparing to move abroad, you know, you want to look at your spending and stop the unnecessary spending, pay down credit card debt, because when you, like, I took a 60% pay cut to move to Honduras. There is no way that I could have lived the life I wanted to live in Honduras if I still had to take a little bit of my tiny paycheck and send it back to pay credit card debt in the US. Okay, making the most out of living abroad is not to get carried away and don't go buck wild. It is, especially if you are teaching at a solid international school with a good package and the country that you're in, costs are kind of low. It is very tempting to get there and to ball out uh, because you've got money coming in hand over fist, things are cheap, but don't don't lose track of what your ultimate goal is you know figure out how much do you want to set aside for saving and investing take that off the top and then build your lifestyle around what is left you can still travel you can still you know go to the club pop bottles do whatever but um rein it in don't get carried away because it is very easy to do that and then at the end of the contract, you look back and you're like, oh, I made all this money, but where is it? I would suggest, I suggest everybody does this before they leave, before they go abroad, open a brokerage account at some, or like a Fidelity, Charles Schwab, Vanguard. And in that account, you can buy um, an ETF you don't want to buy a mutual fund because you can't contribute to that when you move outside the United States, but you can still buy ETFs, but you got to do something because at the end of your time teaching abroad, you may have taught abroad for 15, 20 years. Some schools have retirement programs, but a lot of them just hand teachers a chunk of money and leave it up to them. And my caution to you is take that money and invest it don't spend it. If you have not already, you need to get the uh, Andrew Howman. He's called the Millionaire Teacher. Google Andrew Howman, Millionaire Teacher. His advice is solid advice, but definitely make investing for your retirement a priority because nobody is looking out for international teachers other than themselves. Drivers, I have to be honest with you. When I decided to go abroad, I didn't have a financial plan. I just went for it. Now, I should have. <laughs> I should have planned. I should have thought about that. But being honest, 
going abroad was really my financial plan. Shannon had talked to me and she said, when you go abroad as a teacher, you can do two of three things and you have to choose. She said, you can save slash invest. You can travel and see the world or you can live lavishly. She said, you'll make enough to do two, but not three. I knew the two I wanted to do. I wanted to save, invest, pay off debt, and I wanted to see the world. And there's a few people who were like me who didn't take that time to financially plan. Let's hear from them about what it was like to just jump in feet first into living abroad. Hi everyone, my name is Kamara and I am a four-time expat. So I have lived in four different regions of the world. I have lived in London, Abu Dhabi, Beijing, and now I'm in Cairo. And a little fun fact about me is that when I moved to London, I also moved with my dog. And a fun fact for him is that he actually moved to London on a luxury ocean liner called the Queen Mary. Um, and one of the things I, I love doing and that I'm really passionate about is being a pet owner. And that, I, I make it work with my expat lifestyle. I don't move anywhere that my dog can't move with me, um, where he can't be safe. And so as a result of that, um, during our quarantine and pandemic, I decided to start um, a business and we are now known as Wellness for Pups. I'm a lifestyle and wellness expert with a passion for all things pups. And so I help fur parents bond with their, with their fur babies. And I help people who, who also want to live their best lives with their, with their dogs. And so as an expat, that's, that's how I'm living my life now. Uh, wherever I go, he goes. So, um, so yeah, he's, he's been with me two countries, two continents, and, and we have uh, plenty of adventures ahead of us. Okay, so how did I prepare? I have to be honest with you, I didn't prepare at all. Um, I just kind of went, I knew I wasn't making any money where I was. So going abroad was going to be a major step. So when I moved to Abu Dhabi, I was at the American Community School and they were paying my airfare. They were paying into my retirement. They were paying my housing. They would give me an interest-free car loan. Um, every, like, I, I, it was a come up for me. So that was like a no brainer. Um, I feel like I've made the most because I continue to have a savings, I continue to travel, I continue to meet amazing people. Um, you know, now what I'll be doing, like I said before, is like right now it's like get as much cash. You know, I can save, you know, up to 3500 a month, you know, and that's, that's amazing. You know, I would never be able to do that in the States as a teacher. So the savings has been phenomenal. Um, Though I'll admit, like, I balled out my first two years in Abu Dhabi. Um, I don't think I saved a dime, but I also don't regret it. Um, and it's just allowed me to live a life that I could afford to live and uh, travel. I've been to 80 countries and, you know, I've been to six continents. Hopefully we'll get to the seventh one. And, you know, when I... 
After I left Abu Dhabi, I moved to Beijing and I lived there for four years. But then I decided to come home. I took a year off. I did what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, it just, you know, and now my focus because I'm in my mid forties is retirement. So how can I stack as much money as I can? Um, and then, you know, retire from teaching within the next five years. I know I'll do something else, but as far as teaching, I hope to retire from teaching in, in about five years. Uh, my name is Ope Shodipe. Um, my full name is Ope Oluwa Shodipe, but um, my, just call me Ope for short. And um, I'm from Britain. My parents are Nigerian, so I'm British Nigerian or Nigerian British, however way you want to say it. I am a teacher. I have been teaching for over 10 years now. Oh my gosh, 10 years. For over 10 years and I uh, teach in primary. I have been working in international schools. Um, I've been working in international schools for the past five, going on six years now. I first worked in Doha in Qatar for three years and I moved to Thailand and I've been here for the last two going on three years. I have taught in England as well. I taught in the UK and London specifically for five years before I moved out. And um, yeah, so I'm a teacher. I would say that when I left, I had some money that I had saved and um, that I had saved even though it was very, it was quite difficult to save. I had some money that I had saved that I could take with me. Um, I was really dependent on my job out there so I could actually be able to save a lot more. Um, I wouldn't say I was prepared financially before going, I would say if I'm very honest. I was still making sure that I was paying for my national insurance um, so that I could, in the UK, because you have to pay for your national insurance to be able to claim some sort of pension. And so I made sure that that was still continuing. I think that's all I can say I did in preparation. I mean, my, if I'm honest, my first year I got really crazy. When I first moved out, I got very crazy with, with the fact that I had all this money that I could spend and travel. So I traveled almost every holiday and um, eventually I have realized that I had to actually start thinking about the future so I started making steps towards that. So actually I do enjoy the fact that I'm able to travel here. My name is Cheryl Ann Weeks. I am currently living in the Ivory Coast as a school counselor. This is my sixth country and my ninth year abroad. I have been a school counselor for Wow, 23 years, I think, um, a long time. I decided to move abroad because I was working at the time in Washington, D.C. public schools, and I was burning out. I was working too hard. I was stressed, and I needed a break. So I decided to take a job in the DR for a year. Um, and my story is different because I didn't do any planning. I made a decision. I found a job in June. I gave up my apartment. I gave up my job. I drove my stuff to Boston, left it at my mom's, and 30 days later, I was on a flight to 
the Dominican Republic to work. Um, after that first year, I decided to stay another year because what I realized was I had given myself a gift. I was less stressed. I had developed a better work-life balance. I was taking better care of myself. I was sleeping better. I was eating better. Um, I just, I was becoming a better person personally, health-wise. And so that's why I kept going. For me, the best part of being abroad past being there, now that I'm in my ninth year, is that I got to save and I got to travel. For a long time, traveling was a dream deferred for me because working in DC, I was working two jobs, just trying to live alone. And once I moved to Ethiopia, which was my third country, I was able to save and I was able to travel. And I realized that traveling was my passion. I have now been to over 40 countries and I am grateful for the balanced person I have, I have become, but also that I have been able to travel so much. Um, being a school counselor abroad, like I said, has been different because even though children are the same, what's different is the amount of angst and violence that you see in the US. Um, you don't see that as much in the places I have lived. So while I am still very busy, I am not as stressed. And so that has been the best part for me of moving abroad. For me, going abroad was truly a blessing. I was able to clear debt, save money, travel the world, and make lifetime friendships. If you're thinking about going abroad, I personally would suggest to have about $1,500 that you're willing to spend. No matter where you go, you might need to pay for a recruiting site if that's the way you're gonna go. But there's a lot of upfront costs, no matter if you're at a top tier school or just a typical international school. Even if these expenses are re reimbursed, you'll need to have them upfront. That may include paying for your documents to get authenticated. It may include a medical exam. During COVID, that likely includes a rapid PCR, which can range from $200 to $300, if you're not lucky and you're able to get it for free. You may have shipping or additional luggage expenses, plus the money you'll need just to adjust to your new home. Now that's a question I get quite a bit. What is it like to move and adjust to a new country? Let's find out the adjustment these educators made when arriving to their new home. Moving to Honduras, <sighs> There were a lot of adjustments because unlike moving other places, there are not a lot of people who move to Honduras. So there isn't a lot online. Like people don't blog about moving to Honduras. There aren't tons of YouTube videos. So I sort of moved there blind. And so, you know, there was, okay, here's a big one. There's no mail system in Honduras. Like there, there is no postal system. There are no street addresses. Well, there are, if you have a street address, it's not based on anything. You can just make up a number for your house. It doesn't need to go in any kind of order. That was an adjustment, uh, periodic water outages, 
power outages. That was another adjustment. Not being able to flush toilet paper. That was huge um, because I, you know, it's such a reflexive thing and I did not want to be the person responsible for messing up the plumbing where I lived or where I worked. So it was something I had to really, really work hard at. Um, honestly, I want to say that the adjustment hasn't been as hard. I feel like it's actually been a relief because, you know, in the States, I'm used to getting an apartment, having to call the electric, having to call the internet to come set up or cable, um, water bills separate. It was nice to come here and know that all of that was combined in the rent price. And I got a furnished apartment and just received my shipment. And that was it. Like that took so much stress off of me. Um, also, here's, here's the perk that I learned about working at an international school, is that an international school has really set me up for more than I could prepare, that it just makes my adjustment feel like, all right, this is nice. You know, um, they gave me, upon my arrival, they gave me a SIM card, they gave me, you know, my settling allowance in cash, they gave me my transportation card with money on it to help me travel around. Um, and then with orientation, you have all this information and people and your buddies to help and support and guide you. And it doesn't really feel too um, foreign for me, also because I did study abroad in Europe. So I'm used to the Euro and currency. Um, and I already know that the cost of living in some ways are just cheaper than it would be in the state. So my adjustment has been nice just because I already had that prior background knowledge. And then also just the, the guidance and support from my school. So I just arrived to my newest home, which is in Taiwan, after living in Panama for eight years and here one of the things that I really appreciated about the onboarding process for the school that I'm going to is that they provide they provided a lot of um, the digital media of the homes that we're going to be moving into and the people have just been very outgoing in terms of things that we need I connected with other teachers especially women of color just to know things that I would not be able to find here, what things I should bring, what things I should leave. Because when I was searching for my next school, I made sure that I wanted to be in the same climate zone. <laughs> that was really important for me. Um, one thing that is going to be adjustment um, just from what I've seen in videos of the apartment I'm moving into is the size of the apartments. We'll be downsizing and I remember that there was a what we would call um, a realtor runner who would always want to show things that were outside of the housing allowance. I was very conscious of something that was going to meet our needs, but that was also comfortable and within the housing allowance. Panama was like a mix. I felt like I was in, in the United States sometimes because there were a lot of American items. Um, and so that was adjustment leaving Colombia because Colombia I felt was just very third world. It was a traditional culture in Panama. It, it was sort of for me, it was like a mix of 
multiple worlds. They call it a melting pot. It was really a melting pot. But here in Taiwan, it will be a huge adjustment language-wise, culture-wise. Um, and But I'm, I'm looking forward to just learning about this new culture and this new home that we're going to be in. So each time the preparation was different, but the same. So the DR, I would say, was the easiest because I had no idea what I was getting into. And like I said, I jumped into the deep end. I was just like, I'm going to go. My sisters was like, well, what if you get there and you hate it? What if you get there and you need this? Well, what if you get, and I was like, it'll all be okay. You know, now I know better than that. So by the time I moved to Jamaica, I knew there's certain things that I need to prepare for and there is an adjustment. Um, I would say the easiest transition or the two easiest were Thailand and Jamaica. Jamaica because people speak English there, but Thailand was so easy because I think it's such a multinational culture where there's so many people there that even though there were people who spoke Thai, they had been so accustomed to having tourists there that it, when you went to the grocery store and restaurants, people spoke English in those places. So you didn't have to pull out your book with my little phrases. Like I had written down all the things that I ate and the things that I didn't eat. For here in the Ivory Coast, so now I feel like I have the hang of it. Um, and so I know what to expect. I know that here are the things I'm going to need to have, here are the things I'm going to need to know, and I know better what questions to ask. Drivers, now I know you're wondering, why would you go through all of that, spend a couple thousand dollars up front, run around getting authenticated, land there, and now you're in an unfamiliar place where you can't even flush toilet paper down the toilet? Well, I would say to you, you'll be better for it. But don't take my word for it. Let's go to the people who've been there, who've been to 80 plus countries, who've been all around the world, who've lived in six, seven different places. Let's hear why even through the tough adjustment, the upfront spending, they still do this. I think I've become a lot more patient um, being abroad because China's funny in a lot of ways. They're more advanced in the U.S. because of what WeChat can do, the app, and Meituan in terms of, and Taobao, in terms of ordering things and the speed of delivery and the efficiency in that end. But at the same time, other things that are like more government-based, banks, and things of that nature, take so long, you just have to like have patience for it. Being abroad, you just like, I feel, I feel like being abroad, I learn life. I focus more on life is more about like, experiences as opposed to possessions which just get old after a while anyway like any other possession you have and it's about having amazing experiences and building memories and things like that I think my focus has shifted more that much and more in that um direction with being abroad and it just makes you like want to explore more and discover more because like since I've been in China like I said, every holiday, I'm out to somewhere. So I've traveled extensively since I've been abroad. And it's like, there's so much more that I want to see. Whereas if you had told me five years ago that in five years, I would have been to, I think since I moved to China, I think I've been to like 22 or 23 countries, something like that. I can't off the top of my head. 
would have said, oh, that's great. And I think I'd be good. But now it's like, no, excuse me. I have so many more I want to see. And it's like, okay, that's what it's about. And then you just learn to be more like open in the sense of just being around different people and different cultures and understanding that just because someone doesn't look like you or talk like you or have the same like nuances as you, like there's still people doing their thing. It's still parents who want their kids to do well in school. Kids, even kids are kids, which I learned being abroad. Like their kids they want to hang out with their friends, do the latest dance they see online, and just do goofy things, which is what kids tend to do. And then some of them do silly things, you know, that gets them in trouble. But that's just part of being kids. So you just realize that we're just as people, people are a lot more similar than you think. We just focus on the things that make us different. It, I would say the patience and just opening up my eyes to want to travel more. And probably the two biggest takeaways from China and trying to live life more about experiences. And those are big things I've gotten from living abroad as an adult. Wow. Okay. So, uh, how? Before I left the UK, I would say that I thought. I don't know, like I, I felt like I, I knew myself in that sort of sense, as to say, as a very naive, arrogant thing to say, I think, was to say, oh, I know, I'm, this is who I, well, not to say this is, I know who I am, but I felt like the person I was, was who I was going to be for the rest of my life. And it was when I moved and uh, all the different experiences that I've actually gone through that have changed my views and changed the way I see the world is only then that I realised that I will always be changing. I'm never ever going to be this one person that's going to be the same all throughout my life. That's not what you're meant to be. You're meant to transition and change. Also helps me realise that the way I see other countries and the way we all see different countries, that we're not at all cultures, that we, we are looking from the outside in we wouldn't really know. We only have a very, very biased view until we are immersed in that culture. And I think it's very important to be aware of the fact, of that fact that my opinions about things I haven't experienced enough of will always be biased. Bearing in mind, whoever's made up whatever it is I've watched, they do, they're not of the culture, do you know what I mean? And even the way I interpret it is going to be different. It's just been amazing for me to learn that I'm constantly changing and that my views, because they are my opinions, they don't mean that I'm, my opinions are not always going to be correct and that I have to be open to the fact that I am wrong and other people may be right or other people may be right and I may be right as well, but we just see things differently. The thing about living abroad is you just have to be very, very open-minded and in the process you just have to adapt and learn and it's it's different than just like going through the motions of your, your daily life in your home country. So um, after living in Abu Dhabi, I finally decided I was ready to go back to the United States, but it's interesting how once you live abroad, it changes you in such a way that you're never the same person, you know? Like you're always still longing for those trips and adventures and um, pushing yourself in the way that you do when you're living in a different country. And so you can't really shake it. So I'm just warning you, if you haven't lived abroad 
and you're interested in doing it, it really will change you as a person. And then there's no going back. When Shannon says there's no going back, that's so true. I will never be the person I used to be. And I'm thankful for that. I've changed for the better. I've improved. And this podcast is a result of exploring and opening myself to new possibilities. Now, before we end, I wanted to give each of my special guests a chance to give you listening just a bit of advice if this is what you're considering. Whether you're just on the fence and debating, should I go on and take the plunge? Or if you've already decided, but you're waiting to board that plane, here's what you need to know before you join us in the expat teacher world. Like all in all, the thing I'll say about living abroad is It just really takes that adaptable mindset. And if you go into it knowing that you are open and you are ready for some challenges and that's gonna be the mentality you take, you will survive. If you go into it like, I don't know, I'm kind of hesitant, you might be in for a bit of a rocky ride. Like you need to just be open to the process and it in the end will be favorable. There's nothing holding you back but you. It's nothing to do with the place. You'll be fine. I can't, like, safety is another thing. You can walk with your heads in the clouds all day and have no fear of someone trying to, like, attack you or assault you or anything like that. Especially East Asia is the safest place I've remotely ever been in. Like, you become absent-minded because you never have to watch your back. You never have to worry about anything. You have to worry about your surroundings. Healthcare is amazing. You will make, at worst, more money than you make here be able to save more because you spend less and you make more and the travel there's no reason not to do it if you're thinking about it remotely considering it there's no reason not to do it definitely definitely speak to other people who have done this so you can get more insight but do not allow their opinions and what they've told you to i don't know to be like your first port of um, decision on whether or not you decide to go. Things, when you go, you always see things differently to how other people have seen it. So I would say consider it and go for it. And if if it doesn't work out, who cares? You tried, you did, and it, you know, you went for it. You tried something and at least you won't have that regret of like, I wish I had tried. Um, it's not the end of the world. If things don't work out, you can always go back home. I would also advise that um, you are aware of the fact that you will change and that when you come back home, you may not, you won't fit in the same spot that you left. That hole you left, maybe you fit in a round peg before, you're not going to fit into that hole when you come back, even after a month two months you won't fit back into it so i will honestly say to one not feel discouraged by the current state of the world um yes we are in the middle of a pandemic yes we are in the middle of 
I don't know what's going on or what's the next thing, but to really right now prepare yourself and find the motivation, the inspiration and the resources that you need to actually push you and the desire and vision that you have for yourself of living abroad. Had it not been for the tribe of people I tapped into throughout still this pandemic to really just still look for a job, I don't think I would have been here so it's some it's a, it's a process that can sometimes make you feel like I don't think I'm ready. You have your family to think about, friends, so much that I think people right now should just start looking for community. Start tapping into those one two teachers who are willing to invest in you, talk to you, inspire you, put you onto webinars that are happening right now to support teachers moving abroad, to resources, and also lastly to journal to really find time for self and to reflect on what are your goals and aspirations that you want to have when for for your life abroad like what are the things you desire like i had to i remember saying to myself like oh my god i cannot wait to just go visit paris on a weekend and go here and go there and you know make this amount of money to be able to do this and sit and pay off debt like that had me excited like oh i cannot wait i want to go abroad like and that made me invest into saving and disciplining and sacrificing so much more First, let me speak to those individuals with families and our kids. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the impact this may have on your kids. Involve them in the process. Um, when I started to look at schools, I would ask her questions like, what are the things that you do now that you want to be able to do at your new school? You want to consider, is the school going to be a good fit not only for you, but also for your child or for your children? What activities are they currently in? Will that school offer those activities? I had four different job offers and I narrowed it down to what is, what's going to mirror something that she's able to do now and I was then able to knock out too. Um, I also had to think what were her interests? What was she like I would you know sit down and and research what is you know be an inquiry learner what is this country what do you what do you like about this country and so involving them in the process is very crucial so that they as well are eager and excited about moving abroad. Um, the other thing is ask questions. If you're in different groups on Facebook, um, friends, just put it out there. My sister knew somebody who lived in Taiwan. She's in Lenoxington. She connected with that person. And when you start talking about things that you're going to do and people see how it's connected to something that maybe that um, to them, the information that they they will share. So ask questions. I say, as you interview, ask lots of questions, lots and lots of questions. Ask to speak to somebody who has been there, not who has lived there forever, but someone who has gone through the moving abroad process. You need to speak to someone who's gonna give you a balanced view of the school, a balanced view of the work-life balance, a balanced view of what it's like to live in that community. So I always tell people, if you're considering it, ask lots of questions. Ask everything. Ask how easy is it for me to get health care? How easy is it for me to get to the grocery store? Are there safety issues? You know, so ask about the quality of life outside of the school building. And that's outside of the benefits that the school offers you. How easy is it for me to get around? 
you know, where can I go if I want this? Or what are the social things happening in the community? Because those things are just as important to us as our work life. And so the teaching experience is very different than being a school counselor. I would say one of the things you have to be ready to do as a school counselor is to train your principal and the people around you. Because a lot of times in international schools, they're not as widely versed on what school counselors do as they are in the US where we have standards and things like that. A lot of schools, school counselors are a new phenomenon, you know, or at least I'll say trained school counselors are a new phenomenon. And so sometimes you're going to have to train people, but like this is the best practice for this. So be willing to step out and say that. ASCA has a really great visual chart. Here are the things that counselors do and here are the things that counselors don't do. So be, be willing to say those things over and over again till people get it. When you are overseas, you have got to find your people. Otherwise, you will not make it. You can't do it alone. Um, and that's, for me, that that's priceless. I would tell people, do the legwork now so you can reap the benefits later. I would definitely say, like, save more money, um, take that trip, you know. Um, I, I would say be open because so often you hear people say, I only want to move here, I only want to move here, I only want to move to here. But I've, you know, I've lived in the Middle East, I've lived in Asia, I've lived in Europe, and now I'm in Africa. You know, never would have thought this in a million years. I, I don't deny, I don't regret any part of it. Um, and I would just do your homework and, and be flexible and open because anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Being away from those you love isn't easy. In fact, it is what makes expat life such a challenge. Additionally, you are likely living without your comforts, your favorite restaurant, your secret place to be alone, or simply fluent English. But what you gain in return is priceless. The experiences, memories, friends, and life skills likely will be with you for a very long time. Not everyone wants to be an expat. Not everyone wants this life. It isn't uncommon to see a few missing faces after a long vacation. Nonetheless, even those who left early should be celebrated for having the courage to move abroad. I thank God for Shannon sharing her story with me and supporting me to begin this life across the ocean. Even through COVID and losing my job, I wouldn't trade this experience. Drivers, chase your dreams. That doesn't mean you have to live abroad, but it means whatever you are dreaming about, go for it. Start that business. Take that class. Make that call. Whatever it is, Go and make it happen. Drivers, a change might be coming. Just as we pull up in different vehicles, it might be time to change your ride. If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. As always, adios.
Hasta luego. Until next time.